Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long. Mark Knoll describes his farm in the Driftless region as a slice of heaven, but it didn't get to be that way overnight. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Knoll's Dairy Farm in Buffalo County has worked the land for generations to make sure that the soil stays in place, the oak trees grow tall, and the wildlife have a place to call home. The farm is one of four finalists for the prestigious Wisconsin Leopold Conservation Award. And after you hear Mark describe it, you'll want to go visit. He tells me about the decades-long conservation projects that have proven their worth. But first, he introduces us to the farm and its history. My, my dad uh, moved up here with, with his father in uh, August of 1929. Dad was uh, the fifth son and my grandma and grandpa had the hardware store in town, and grandma just said when they had five boys, she says, we're not bringing them up in town. <laughs> and, and this farm came up for sale on top of the, the bluff here above Alma, and uh, they moved up here, and uh, that was in August of 29. Mark, what do you farm? We do have, uh, we got a dairy farm here, and we milk around 120 cows, We've got about 400 acres of cropland. We've got 450 acres of woodland on the farm. We own 735 acres here. Why were you selected as a Leopold Conservation Award finalist? I guess it's got a lot to do with where we're farming and the, the, how we got to deal with the topography here and everything. I, we've been no-tilling and using cover crops and and stuff for, oh gosh, going back into the 1980s. But my dad laid out the first contour strips here in 1954. We've got that 400 acres of cropland that we have. It's divided up into 121 different little fields. <laughs> it, it looks pretty from the air, but it takes a lot lot more work dealing with the the crop rotations and the, the contour strips and everything, all the odd-shaped fields. The problem... And my dad recognized it way back in 1954. We have a lust soil here. It came in on top on, from the wind. And um, in 1987, the University of Wisconsin was up here, and they did a boring in one of our fields. They went down 22 feet before they hit any stone. And the professor that was doing this explained to me how all this, this came in when the glacier retreated. The Minnesota glacier, the most recent one, retreated. Uh, across Minnesota, the prevailing winds would pick up dust from the drift area that was left. And when it would hit the river valley here, it would settle out on the downwind side like a snow fence, kind of. And to this day, it's still coming yet. When Minnesota's got everything all tilled up, sometimes we we see that on, on uh, windy days where there's dust in the air. But this, this lush soil here is, is on the front edge of the bluff. And probably goes in, oh gosh, over a mile or better. And so we don't have any stone up here. Stone, stone doesn't fly unless it's really, really windy. <laughs> so our our uh, our soil is it's a good soil, but it's so fragile. The erosion can be horrendous. If you if you plowed everything up, it would it just be gone. It just doesn't take it. We've actually built. 
1964, Dad put in our, our first earthen dam on the farm, and now we've got over 20 earthen dams that we've built throughout the years to uh, hold water. Yeah, we we uh, get some heavy rains, and of course, I always tell everybody we're well drained here. <laughs> it's, it's all downhill out of here, but it it holds water and uh, replenishes the aquifer and that kind of stuff, and and prevents flash flooding uh, in the in the valleys below us and stuff, you know. Uh, but we've we've done a lot of work with with these dams and with waterways. And, that kind of stuff, uh, tow walls that we've put in through the years. We keep trying stuff <laughs> and, and, and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Conservation in your neck of the woods is almost a necessity because of the need to keep the soil where it's at. But Mark, you've also been working on other projects that go beyond production agriculture. Tell me what else you've worked on with the family. I was on the Conservation Congress for four decades I, being I was dealing with DNR people a lot, uh, local game manager uh, down here, we we're talking about the bluff prairie restorations that, well, the old bluff prairies that we used to have years ago uh, grew up into red cedar. They were kind of dying out, so a lot of people were pushing for uh, some restoration. Our farm, we actually have a park that's a city park. Buena Vista Park, in fact, is what it's called, where people drive through our land to get out to that that point to look over the river. But uh, we have a, an old bluff prairie remnant along what County Highway E, which is called the Alma Dugway. It's a colloquialism. The Alma Dugway comes up the side of the bluff and uh, goes out to Buena Vista Park. But there's this old remnant there, and... Uh, Chris Johansson is the one that talked, talked me into to, uh, doing some restoration work there. And, uh, oh, my, my son and I went at it. We, we grabbed a couple of chainsaws and we said, you know, we go down there, uh, start on the Alma Dugway, and we'll cut our way up the hill. We'll just go back and forth along the bottom, and we'll cut these cedars and tip them over to the downhill side. And, oh, gosh, we'll get, have it all done in about four hours. Yeah. Well, we went down. We worked. We worked for four hours, and we quit and went down to the pickup. And we drove up to Dugway, and we looked back to see what we had done, and we couldn't even tell where we had been. But we kept going back four hours at a time, always, and uh, it took us about a month that we finally got all these things cut off up the up the whole slope of the hillside. We started doing fire and stuff like that, uh, using fire and prescribed burns, and we worked on that so far. Oh, gosh, I don't know, a dozen years or so ago that we started this. And uh, I take people out there now, like the sixth grade conservation tour and stuff, I take them out, and uh, we go out in the prairie and and the bluff prairie out there and and, uh, look at the plants, and we talk about the the fire that that we use. It's a south-facing slope, and... uh, Beautiful view now. In fact, my wife and I have a picnic table out on the point right out there that we put out there, and we go out there and drink coffee in the morning and watch the world come to life. And we can see the, the river down below and everything and watch watch the animals and the insects and the plants. And They did a habitat inventory. The DNR came up and went through there, and they found some, some rare plants that, for some reason, 
the seed must have laid in the soil for a lot of years. And uh, but the, when the fire came through, these plants start to start growing again. We enjoy that, uh, but it's a lot of work. But I enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah, you certainly have done a lot of work. And you've also continued the jobs that were started generations before you. Between the Conservation Congress and then just the conservation work you do on the farm to protect uh, the soil. What legacy do you hope to leave behind? Right now, my my brother's son, Scott, has been buying into the farm. I I look at it that I want to leave some, I want to leave the land better than when I started, I want it to be improved, you know, and, and we're always looking to, to make things better with our land. And, and the land is, is going to be here forever. We're just here for an eye blink, really, you know, my generation, I've, yeah, I've been farming here for all my life, but, uh, it's the land that's going to be here forever. And uh, you just want to leave it in better shape than, than when you found it. It's tough to do sometimes it, you know, I, I enjoy when I'm out in the corn planter, I there's no other place in the world I want to be. And we do do a bunch of forestry projects and stuff, too. We've been doing some clear cuts. We try to do about a 20-acre parcel at a time. We don't do them all at once. Well, we started our first clear cut in 1993, and I think we've done seven of them so far. Our intent is to get book regeneration, number one. That's what we're why we do them. Oak will outcompete anything if it has enough sunshine with it. We go and uh, do these clear cuts, and one of the results of the clear cut is it gets so thick that the, the habitat for the wildlife improves so much. We kind of have different habitats throughout all our, our forested area. Spend a lot of time watching animals. We got cellular game cameras out and stuff like that. I really get a big kick out of it when we get some strange stuff that comes through. It's kind of cool when they got a badger coming through or bobcats. We got bobcats now that are all around us. Bear, black bear coming through. I got a picture of three barred owls sitting down in the bottom of what we call the 80. You know, to see three barred owls in one picture and they're by a little water hole that we got down in there. And uh, stuff like that. It's it's cool to watch that. I I enjoy going out, sitting on a stump, and watching the squirrels play. Sometimes I find that very therapeutic. (laughs) (laughs) Ahead of our conversation, Mark, you said that you were nominated for the Leopold Conservation Award by the Buffalo County Farm Bureau. What does that mean to you to have the county, the community, want to recognize you for the work that you've put in in the name of conservation? Well... You know, we didn't do it to be recognized. <laughs> that might sound stupid, but but uh, we just did because we thought it was the right thing. And uh, you know, uh, and it's cool to get the rec- recognition and stuff. But uh, you know, we're we're just trying to do the right thing and trying to leave, like I said, leave the land in better shape than when we got it. And uh, in some cases, we've got oh, just some places of our our farm are just like magical. <laughs> to me, they are. Uh, when when I can go out and spend time out there and, and look at it, uh, three three I was it three four years ago, my uh, children uh, for Father's Day they gave me a drone, and uh, I learned how to fly it. But it's got a really great camera on it, and when I got to start seeing the farm from a level 
you know, like three, 400 feet above the ground and can fly all over the farm and look at it from the, it. It's like, wow, uh, this is really cool place. And, uh, I'm in love with, with the land here. I really am. And it's kind of, I'm sure that whoever was here before me was too. Uh, in fact, we got a, a 5,000 year old burial mound, uh, out on the point out here from our house. It's, uh, you know, they were enjoying it 5,000 years ago too. We're just, <laughs> we're just here. Our brief moment in, in time that with that we're here to, uh, to take care of this land and, and you want to do it right. And, you know, we keep trying. Mark Knoll along with us of Knoll's Dairy Farm in Buffalo County. His family is one of four finalists for the 2023 Wisconsin Leopold Conservation Award. This is a prestigious recognition that recognizes farmers and forest landowners who are dedicated to the land, water, and the wildlife that's in their care. The selection committee will choose one winner this month. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long.